Thanks, Levi. Happy New Year. You guys survived 2022. How many are glad it's 2023? <laughs> that's good. That's good. Hey, uh, before we dive into this uh, today, um, gosh, you guys, I, uh, I get the privilege of saying thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We set, we set a goal. Nothing. We set a goal in December to raise 300K. We're at 295. That is amazing. Um, praise God, you guys. God is just, he's taking care of us. And, but you guys have just uh, blessed the church. And I just want you to know how much we appreciate you and that, uh, that generosity. That's huge. And it just gets us excited. Like, man, we can do so much ministry with those dollars. So thank you. That is huge, you guys. Uh, well, before I, before I get into this, can we just, I just actually want to start, it's January 1st, right? Can we, can we just corporately, can we just take a moment and just breathe? Can you just take a breath? It's a brand new, fresh year. And I want to ask you a question. What if there's more? What if there's more? Now, I'm not talking about vacations and money and stuff. I'm talking about getting at heart, soul issues. What if there's more? What if there's more? What if there's more to your prayer life? What if there's more to actually having a conversation, a deep conversation with the God of the universe than you ever tapped into before? What if that's possible? What if, it's, what if there's more to cracking open your Bible and, and reading the words and instead of just glossing over the words, you're soaking in the very words of God written to you. What if there's more to that? What if there's more to sharing your faith that you didn't even realize was possible? <laughs> what, if there's, what if there's more to this? What if there's more to this thing called church? And we've gotten in this, this rhythm and this routine of going through the motions. What if there's more? Well, I'm here to tell you that I wrestle with these questions. As it seems like every year, I kind of always want to be like, okay, God, what do you got for me next? Because if you're here and you think you've arrived, I'm here to tell you, you have not arrived. There's always more. And we believe in this series, we want to wrestle with some of these questions, like us personally, but for our church family as well. Like, what if there is more? And so we believe it doesn't matter whether you've been a Christian for five days or 50 years. We believe there's still more for you. There is more for your faith journey. And we're going to dive into that. Now today, I want to talk about what if, what if there is more than just this? What if there's more to church? You see, for the first 17 years of my life, I thought that all that mattered with God was going to church. 
I go to church. I'm good. That's what my faith was based on. It was like saying, I go to the movies, or I go to the game, or I go to the doctor. I go to church. That was the measure of my faith. But then something happened. Life got real. It got hard. It got difficult. It got messy. It got complicated. And all of a sudden, I realized I cannot swim. I don't know what I'm doing. Things transpired that made me go, What the heck, God? I go to church. (laughs) Why are you allowing this stuff to happen? Well, that was an incredibly pivotal year in my life because that same year, I uh, got invited to a retreat, a weekend retreat with a friend that, that radically changed my life because it was on that weekend retreat that I was introduced for the first time to the real and true person of Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, God went from someone out there to right here. And during that weekend, I can tell you, God got eyeball to eyeball with me, and he said, Josh, I love you. I want to spend every day with you. And it changed my life, you guys. This concept of a far-off God became so foreign because God now became personal and real. And now I started to wrestle with this. Well, if God is this real personal God every day, then what's up with church? (laughs) And I remember on one particular youth retreat, my youth pastor, and I just, man, I can't speak highly enough about this man that poured into my life. I shared this struggle with him. And he said this to me. I said, Joshua, maybe you should stop going to church. I said, wait, what? He said, maybe you should stop going to church. I said, please explain. And he said, okay, I'll explain. He said, listen, God's highest calling for you as a follower of Jesus Christ, was never to just go to a building. It wasn't to go to a building and check off the church box every week. He said, Josh, listen, God's highest calling isn't to go to a destination, but to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Not to go to church, but to be planted. And we're going to talk about that. To be planted. To be the church seven days a week. And that light bulb went off for me, and it radically changed the way I thought about church and who I am. And this transition, this beautiful transition began to play out in my life. Because maybe instead of just going to church, it was time for me to instead get planted in a house of God. And we're going to talk about that. You see, going to church isn't the same as being planted. There's a big difference. Now, I imagine that, that maybe in the week, several weeks, maybe even this week, you had a conversation in your home that went like this. I'll admit, this is, not a, conver- this is a conversation that's happened even in our home. Hey, honey, are we going to go to church tomorrow? Or are we going to church this weekend? You know, you know, we've been pretty busy. There's a lot going on. It's a big game. You know, plus, I mean, we're all tired from the holiday season. So are we going to go to church? Maybe that's not the question to ask. Now, I'm going to be a little sarcastic, but I've never said to my kids, hey, kids, do you think we should eat today? I mean, do you guys want to eat? Should we eat? you guys not want to eat? Or, hey, do you guys want to breathe today? I mean, are you in the mood for oxygen? Okay, I'm being sarcastic. But I've never said that. You see, when you're planted, 
You won't say, are we going to go to church today? Because church isn't a destination to which you attend. Church is a posture. It's who you are. You are the church. It's not a destination to, to, to which we attend. It's an identity inside of you. Being planted in the house of God is a different mindset than just going to church. Because being planted is different than taking up a seat once a week. And we're, you're like, where are you getting this planted thing from? Here's what I want to do. I want to show you what the psalmist says in Psalm 92. And so we're going to look at Psalm 92, 12 through 15. And here's, this is the interactive part. I want you to read aloud with me Psalm 92, 12 through 15. Are you ready? It's going to be on the screen. Let's read this together. Ready? Here we go. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. I love the imagery in these verses. Verse 12 says the righteous will do what? The righteous will flourish. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Now, let's just talk about that for a minute. What does the word flourish mean? Okay, the word flourish, it's not a word that we use a lot in everyday language. Okay, at least I don't. And if you do, you're weird, okay? <laughs> if you came up to me on a good day and said, hey, Josh, how you doing? I'm never going to say, well, man, you know what? I'm flourishing. I'm never going to say that. It just sounds weird. Flourishing isn't a word that we often use, but it's a really great image of what happens when you're planted. And what does flourishing mean? It means thriving. It means growing. It means prospering. It means being a blessing. It means having spiritual growth. The psalmist compares it to two trees. You remember what they were? The cedar and the palm. Now, cedar trees are well known for their durability, they were known for being pleasant to look at. And they were also pleasing to smell. You know, when King Solomon built his temple, he made the columns, the posts, the beams, and the roof out of what? Cedar. Because his building was designed to last for centuries. Cedar is durable. If you have a cedar chest, how many of you have had a mom or a grandma that had a cedar chest? Right? Years and years and years later, they're attractive, and they still smell good. Unless you don't like the smell of cedar, of course. We're being compared to flourishing like a cedar that's durable, strong, and lasting. And like a palm tree. Now, the palm branch of the palm tree was always symbolic of triumph and victory. Right? We're flourishing, we're triumphant, we are victorious. Did you know, in the Corinthian Olympic Games, whenever someone would win the games, they were presented with... A palm branch. Congratulations, you are the champion, my friend, right? It was the gold medal. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, it was known as the triumphal entry. Here comes the king, and so what did they wave at him? Palm branches. So what's the picture here? If I'm planted, I'm flourishing, 
I'm growing, I'm blessed, I'm strong, I'm stable, I'm pleasing to be around. By the way, did you know that both those trees are evergreens? I didn't know that. I learned something this week. Did you know that? That means they grow all year long. They don't go dormant for a season. They grow all year long, every day, not just one day a week. Scripture doesn't say that those who go to church will flourish. It doesn't say that. It says those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. I love the imagery. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. Okay, that's really encouraging to me as every year goes by. They're going to proclaim the Lord is upright. He is my rock. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they're flourishing, they're blessed, they're prospering, they're connected, they're emotionally engaged, they're making a difference, they're fulfilled, and they're flourishing. Now here's the rub. I know that a lot of us don't feel this way right now. Instead of saying, I'm spiritually flourishing, maybe you're here saying, well, you know what, I'm spiritually dry right now. Instead of saying, I'm thriving emotionally, some of you are here and you're saying, I'm emotionally withering. Instead of saying, I'm connected relationally, some of you would say, you know what, I'm relationally barren. Instead of saying, I'm prospering financially and with breathing room to be a blessing, I think many of you might say, financially, I'm hurting and I feel restrained. Instead of saying, I'm feeling fulfilled spiritually, making a difference, full of joy. I think some of you would say, you know what? I'm still searching, reaching, hoping for that thing, that job, that relationship, that whenever I find it, it's going to fulfill me on the inside. But it's not. Friends, listen, I am convinced that those who are planted are the ones who are going to flourish. Why? Because I've experienced it. My life hasn't been peachy keen. I haven't had it all figured out. I've had drought and dry, but I've experienced what it means to be planted. And here's a very important thing to know about your life. This is going to sound really kindergartenish, but it's true. Your life is like a seed. That means your life as a seed has tremendous potential. It doesn't matter whether you're five years old or 75 years old. You still have the potential to grow, to thrive, to multiply, to produce fruit, to be a blessing to others. But a seed that's not planted, it's going to lie dormant, unproductive, unfruitful, and dissatisfied. Friends, your life is a seed. Let me give you a couple of principles about being planted in the seed, okay? First, what do we know about a seed Duh, a seed can only grow if it's planted. Who flourishes? Those who are planted in the house of God. Jesus told a really powerful story known as a parable in Matthew 13. He was talking about a farmer, and this farmer went out and he sowed some seed. Some of the seeds fell on the path on hard ground. And since that seed could never take root, birds came along and stole the seed. That seed never reached its potential. Some seeds fell on shallow soil, and so it sprang up, but because the roots never grew deep, the sun beat down, and it withered up and immediately died. 
Some started to grow, but then some other plants and thorns choked the life out of that little emerging plant. And Jesus said it was the worries and the concerns of this life. I hope you see the metaphor. Some people have potential, but they never go anywhere. Some start to grow, but then they fade away. Some start to thrive spiritually, but the worries, the concerns, the bills, the struggles of this life, they they choke out the spiritual growth. Then Jesus said what? But a seed that falls on good soil, that's truly planted, it multiplies 30 times, 60 times, 100 times. That one seed becomes a massive blessing because it was planted in good soil. Friends, who is it that flourishes? Those who are planted in the house of God. A seed can only grow if it's planted. There's another thing. When you're planted in a house of God, I should also say a family of God. When you're planted, you know what? Your roots grow deep. Look at Jeremiah 17. Here's what it says. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. You see, when the roots grow deep, what happens? Such trees, they're not bothered by heat or they're not worried by long months of drought. I wonder how many of us right now, you got some heat in your life. Or maybe right now you're feeling like, man, I am in a drought right now. But see, when your roots grow deep, You're not bothered. They're not bothered by the heat, not bothered by the drought because they are connected to a source that is greater than any problem on the surface. That does not mean that heat and drought won't come. But at least now you're anchored to a source of nutrition. I did some research on roots because that sounds nerdy and cool at the same time. I did some research on roots and I looked up redwood trees. Okay, do you guys know what redwood trees are? Okay, they're the tallest living things on planet Earth. They can grow to be 30 stories high. And they can be three stories wide. Okay, just to give you perspective, I found this picture. Just just so you understand how massive a redwood tree is. Now, how in the world... Does a tree grow 30 stories high? Well, I'm going to tell you. Their roots grow deep. Their root system can spread, get this, between 100 to 150 feet down and out. Now, just to put that in perspective, if you were to start on this side of the worship center and run over here, that's approximately 50 feet. Two, three. That's how deep down a redwood tree's roots can grow. That is crazy. And so what happens is you've got this 30-story high tree with roots going way, way down. And then over there, guess what? There's another 30-story high tree with roots that go way, way down. And what happens is their roots actually intertwine beneath the ground where nobody sees. And a support system is built that sustains the strength and the growth above the ground. This is why you need the body of Christ, you guys. We need each other. 
This is why we are the church. This is why you need to be planted in a house of God. This is why you need to be planted in a family of God. Here's what I can promise you. I can promise you this week you will face opposition. You will face a trial. You'll face a struggle. You'll face a challenge, a setback. You will face some sort of opposition. And if you face it alone, I'm telling you, you're more vulnerable. Do you know what the devil loves? He loves the people that just go to church. Because he loves it when you're isolated, when you feel alone. Because when you're alone, you're vulnerable. Guys, we need the family of God. Can I just tell you this? I'm not too proud to say this. I need you guys. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I need you. Maybe sometimes you need me. I don't know. But anyway, I cannot begin to tell you, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, I cannot begin to tell you what the Edinburgh family is meant to be. Praying for me. Those of you that know what's going on with me right now, you know that our family's in a tough season. But I can stand in front of you boldly to say, it's not easy, but I'm telling you, I'm stronger and I'm blessed. And I'm encouraged. You know why? Because our roots are being supported by your roots. We need one another. One other thing about being planted versus just going to church. You see, when you're planted, the roots produce fruit. They grow deep and they produce fruit. Let's go back to that verse in in Jeremiah 17. They'll be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. So what is the fruit? Well, the Apostle Paul talks about this in Galatians. He called it the fruits of the Spirit. It's not our own natural fruits. It's a fruit that comes from God when we're tapped into the nutrient source. Right When we're connected to a spiritual vine, God produces spiritual fruit that Paul said would be what? He said it's love, it's joy, it's peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. You see, when you're planted, all these good things can come up. Even if you're in a difficult season, love can still come out. Joy can still come out in the middle of a trial. Now, here's the crazy thing. You recognize these fruits, they're not just for you, but they, they actually bless other people. Love blesses other people, and your joy becomes contagious, and your peace is attractive, and your faithfulness builds relationships, and suddenly you realize, oh my goodness, I'm planted. I'm making a difference. Friends, do you know, do you know why we gather We gather together to be a family. We we gather together to be unified. We gather to say, God, you're the man. (laughs) You deserve our praise. We gather together to use our gifts. And guess what? As we're strengthened, it's not what happens inside the church. It's that we are the church and we go into the world. When we're planted, we're not spiritual consumers. The church does not exist for us. Is there benefit to being a part of the church? Of course there is. 
But when we're followers of Christ, we realize that we are the church and we exist for the world. There's a massive difference between going to a building one day a week and being planted in a church so you can experience a call and be a part of a mission. Who is it that flourishes? Only those who are planted can grow and flourish. So how do we do this? How do we go from just filling a seat to getting a little more planted? Okay, I'm going to, because I'm weird and difficult, I'm going to take, <laughs> I'm gonna take a, firm, a right turn on you. Let's set aside the tree motif for just a moment. And I want to give you a new picture. I want you to picture yourself running a marathon, okay? And this marathon is symbolic of your spiritual journey. Okay, maybe you've been running it for five days, maybe you've been running it for 50 years, but where, what do you look like as you're running this journey, this marathon that is your faith journey? And I want to ask you this, as you picture yourself, are you running, only you can answer this, are you running, are you walking, or are you limping? Now, I know some of you might feel like, man, if I'm honest, I think I'm limping. I'm just barely making it right now. And maybe, maybe it's because you never realized that, that God, what he wants is for you to get planted in a family. And, and you haven't done that yet. And you see, if you want to stop limping, you need to get healthy. You're only going to get healthy if you get planted. Some of you may feel like, well, I'm not running. I'm just walking right now. Okay, that's good. But maybe it's time to, to push yourself to start running. Maybe you've been hesitant, I don't know, about meeting new or other church people because you're intimidated by us because you think we're weird, and we are sometimes, I admit it. And you're, you're walking, and maybe it's time to jog. Maybe it's just what you need to do today to get the legs moving a little faster. Some of you are running. Can I just celebrate with you? That's awesome. I'm super proud of you guys. That's great. You are planted and you're growing and you're flourishing. But can I give you a challenge as you run? Look around for the people who are limping and walking. See, I used to run in high school and college. And I was always impressed by these crazy people that do marathons and triathlons. Okay? But it wasn't the hardcore runners, okay, that, that, that like impressed me, that wanted to get like the best time and be in the top five or whatever. No, that never really impressed me. What impressed me were the ones that ran the race and just enjoyed racing with other people. Like they just found joy in the marathon. They didn't care about placing. And I've seen, I've seen, you've probably seen those stories, right, of someone that was trekking along and then they pulled a muscle or they twisted an ankle and then they're limping. And then what happens? A couple of people who are healthy and running, they come alongside that person and say, oh, no, 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 come on, come on, put your arm around me. We're going to finish this together. And someone comes along the other side of them and says, come on, put your other arm around me, let's keep going. What's happening? Those roots are intertwining below the surface. They're becoming, they're rubbing shoulders with other redwoods. So if you're running, can I just say, can you look for those that 
maybe need a hand. Okay, real practical, okay? That's what we want this series to be, real practical. I'm going to actually give you a challenge. I'm going to triple dog dare you, okay, to do something based on where you feel you are. I'm not blowing smoke. I'm serious about this. Write it down. It's on, it's on the back of your note page. If you are running, here's my challenge to you. Here's my challenge to you if you are running. Serve somewhere if you are not. You can go on our app, hit the connect button, and hit serve, and there's tons of opportunities. Serve somewhere, okay? Or join a small group this February when they start back up. Or I'm going to go one further. You really want to knock my socks off? Come to me and say, Josh, I want to start a small group. And I'll be like, yes! Let's go, okay? And I will do everything in my power. Here's my promise to you. I will help you get started. I will help you find people, friends to populate that group. I'll provide all the material. You want to run? That's my challenge to you. Triple dog dare you to do one of those things, okay? If you are walking, here's my challenge. Show up to a group. We've got several groups that you can just come to very casually and be a part of. Just come one time this month, okay? Now, I got to say, uh, I got to apologize about one thing real quick. On your handout, it lists those groups. Okay, there's two typos. I'm so sorry because things changed this week <laughs> I didn't know about. Okay, but I'm going to tell you right now. Gals, there's a women's group that meets on Monday nights. Very simple to be a part of. And the gals that run it do a fantastic job. They, I love their hearts. They are going to meet Monday, January 16th. Not tomorrow. I know it says the 2nd. It's not tomorrow. It's the 16th at 7 p.m. Or we're like, okay, Mondays don't work for me. Okay, guess what? We have another women's group that meets on Fridays once a month. And their next one is Friday, January 27th. Not the 6th, like it says in your notes. It's the January 27th at 7 o'clock. Okay? Guys, you're not off the hook. Guys, there's a men's group that meets twice a month. Very easy to get plugged into. We want you to come. The next one is Monday, January 9th, 7 p.m. Just come. You're going to bring anything. Just bring you. Because we want to know you. We want to get to know you. We want to rub shoulders with you. That's my challenge to you. Okay? Let me give you two scenarios as I start to wrap this up. Let me talk about person A and person B. Person A, I want you to ask yourself, are you person A or person B? Person A goes to church, and their story kind of goes like this. They came to church, and there was a song, right, that, that spoke to them, or the message was like, man, I feel like that was just for me today. Or someone was, was nice and warm and welcoming, and it made them feel accepted and loved. Maybe they felt empty on the inside and they recognized, man, I have a spiritual need. And they called out to God or they called out to Jesus, right? And there was this, even if it was just a little spark, and they connected with God. And then what doesn't happen is person A, they never connect with other believers. They never take on the mission or the call of the church for themselves. They still go to church, but they kind of, well watch worship online sometimes. Nothing wrong with that. There's no contribution. There's no real giving. There's no real serving. There's no real emotion behind it. They go to church. 
and that's all. And maybe three years later, what you'll see is maybe they'll show up for Easter and Christmas. And for some reason, they still feel empty. And they're not flourishing. They might be saved, and that's great, but they're not flourishing. Person B goes to church, and the message spoke to them, or the song just really hit their heartstrings. They felt this connection with God, and maybe they met Jesus. But instead of not connecting, person B develops some friendships. They start talking to people in the lobby. They start to build some friendships, some relationships. And someone says, hey, I'll pray for you about that. And then all of a sudden, someone's praying for them. And then they're around, and someone shares a prayer request, and they say, you know what, I'm going to pray for you about that. And suddenly, they realize, man, I have gifts and talents that I could use in the church. And they use those gifts or time in the church. And suddenly, the church isn't just a destination they attend. It's an identity they embrace. Man, I'm part of a family of God. Then the roots grow deeper, and suddenly, guess what? Life's not perfect. Hard things come. It's messy. But guess what? This time when the storms come, the tree feels a little bit stronger to withstand the storm because the roots grow deep and they're staying connected to God and each other. There's a big difference between going to a building and being planted in the house of God. Guys, you know what I want for you? I want you to be person B. If you're a follower of Christ... Maybe it's time. Maybe 2023 is the year you say, you know what? Yeah. It's time to let my roots grow a little bit deeper. Guys, do you you really think you can find a way through all the spiritual opposition and fight off the temptation of the devil by going to church once a month or so? Listen, it's time. It's time. And you know what? It takes time. Some of you might even be here and be like, I've tried church for a few weeks now, for a couple months, and it's not, it's not making any difference. Listen, guys, it takes time for a tree to grow. My plea to you would be don't give up. Give it more time. Let your roots go down. Guys, God has so much for you. He wants you to flourish. He wants you to thrive, especially this year. I know life is not perfect, okay? I know life stinks sometimes. But your roots can run deep. Your faith can be strong. Your brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, they are praying for you. You are needed. And you are loved. You're part of something. You don't go to a building. You are the church. You are God's ambassadors in this world. We assemble. You know why? To get strengthened and planted in the house of the Lord. Guys, that's what God desires for you. Amen? It's a good thing. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful for every friend in this room right now. I'm so thankful for a fresh new year. And Lord, I pray this would be an incredible year of growth for my friends in this room. I pray it would be an incredible year of growth for me. 
Lord, help us to understand that we need to be tethered, tied into you, tied into each other to get planted. So Lord, I pray for, for the folks here. I pray for those that feel like, gosh, I feel like I'm limping. Lord, could you just give them the courage just to come back next week? That's my challenge. Just come back to church and meet a new friend. And Lord, I pray that we would be the body and we'd look around and we'd see people we don't recognize and we'd make the introductions and we'd make some friends, Lord, and that would start to grow our roots. And Lord, for those of us who are walking and we're running, I pray that you continue to strengthen us so that we can be a blessing to those around us. So we just invite your Holy Spirit into this church family called Edinburgh, Lord. Use us for your glory. Use us for your kingdom and strengthen us in 2023. And all God's people said,